The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Bwedidamiche. As a child of God, you are mandated to take territories and fulfill your destiny. Destiny Word is designed to help illuminate your path towards a purpose-driven life. Please stay tuned for the unadulterated Word of God, a word that not only brings focus to your life, but also helps you navigate the challenges that comes your way. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter number 13. The 13th chapter, the first verse of the first Kings. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense, cried against him the altar in the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord. Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be bent upon thee. Gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, and he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him jump to the verse number seven and the king said unto the man of god come home with me and refresh thyself i'll call thee i'll give thee a reward the man of god said unto the king if thou will give me half of thine house i'll not go in with thee neither will i eat bread nor drink water in this place for so it was charged me by the word of the lord saying eat no bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou comest so he went another way return another by the way that he came to Bethel. Now, if you jump again to the verse number 16, let's go to the verse number 15. The Bible says that there was another man who came who was also a man of God, a man of God, another prophet. That is what the Bible calls him, another prophet. The Bible calls him the older prophet or the other prophet. So the verse number 15 says that this, this old prophet came and said unto him, come home with me eat bread said i may not return and he said i may not return with thee nor go in thee with go in with thee neither will i eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place for it was said to me by the word of the lord thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there nor turn again to go by the way that thou comest he said unto him i am a prophet also as thou art an angel spoke unto me by the word of the lord saying bring him back with thee into thine house that thou mayest eat bread and drink water but he lied unto him you read the verse number 19 the prophet obliged and the prophet went in and ate with him verse 23 says that and came to pass after he had eaten and after he had drunk that he saddled for him the ass to wait for the prophet whom he had brought back and when he was gone a lion met him by the way and killed him but before the lion did that the verse number 21 says that he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the same prophet who told him, Come, as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord God commanded thee, you will not survive. Look for somebody and say, Don't allow anybody to talk you out of destiny. The issues and concept of destiny, although it's been very much discussed, 
also happens to be one of the most confused, actually philosophically, there are concepts, paradigms, and precepts, principles that are always confusing. One of them, the concept of fate and free will and freedom and destiny. Um, destiny happens to be something that all of us believe in. Actually, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about predestination. What the Bible says is that before you even came into this world, God knew you. Just opposing destiny and sovereign will or divine authority or God's sovereignty uh, makes it somehow simpler. But if that also happens to be the case, that everything in this world is predetermined, predestined, we came into this world at a definite time, we'll leave here at a definite time, we cannot influence it, nobody can fast forward or reverse it, nobody can pause and press play at will, and that you came and God has um, everything, every detail, every strand of detail or information in his hands and when the time comes you just leave then why should God judge people because if we came here and we are alive we were born to die and we don't have any control over our lives and whatever happened to us um, we are just emblems of, of fate we are people that are born to live a particular path pattern or chart a particular course and because of that we have no influence of or on what happened to us then god shouldn't judge anybody because it means that god is sitting somewhere and remotely controlling things and events and people if that happens to be the case of destiny predestination predetermination that god Although, yes, the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. He knows whatever thing that is going to happen. I told you the last time that is why sometimes it's difficult to even talk about the concept of salvation. Because if he can't come to him unless he invites you, then why do we preach to people? Because even though we preach, they still need his invitation. It means that sometimes if you are to go strictly by those um, tenets, then most of the things that we are doing will make no sense then no man ought to pray. No man ought to do anything because things will just unfold as it's supposed to be. Most of the philosophers that lived, from Stoics to Herculean philosophers, all of them say that destiny happens to be your end as it pertains to a higher deity. Now, fate happens to be what they say you cannot control. It happens because it's supposed to happen. And so you can't do anything to it. They will just unfold whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, it will happen. They call something materialistic fatalism, whereby they believe that everything will not happen because there is a God somewhere that is controlling it. Those who are atheists, they call it materialistic fatalism. Things will not happen because there is a God controlling it, but things will happen because of causal effects. That the laws of karma will speak and make things happen and they will turn out or translate to be called fate. I get confused whenever I hear things like that because that becomes the case then people ought not to pray, ought not to go to God because it means that God has an entrenched position about you and with regards to your life such that there can be no alteration. There is nothing that can be done. Such that when you came into this world, okay, there is another school of thought that, is, that they say that fate is hereditary. That whatever you came into this world to do or whatever you came into this world for. That is why they say, now scientists have used it to explain the fact that that is why somebody who, whose father or mother 
died of, say, diabetes or hypertension is also at risk of dying of the same because of fate by hereditary. Now, that these are things that they have propounded, explained, tried to rationalize. But if that also happens to be the case, then why are we here? Because what it tells me is that then there is no need to be praying. There is no need to be fasting. There is no need. You have no cause to be doing that. Now, just before we go through the Bible, let me read to you a few thoughts that I came up with through researching or reviewing a lot of literature. There are people, those of us who grew up in places where people were very superstitious. They say that when they see a star move, they say somebody's about to die. How many of you ever heard that before? A star move. Determining fatalism or fate through astrology. Now, by studying the symbols of astrology, Goitha tried to get back to the ancient conception of fate as something imminent in all living things, the irrational life of program. According to Friedrich Nietzsche, another philosopher, man's selfhood is in fact fate. Spengler thought the idea of fate implied active rejection of individual conscience and goodwill and scorned all belief in human free will. Fate was the equivalent of such concepts as life, development, and time. The idea of fate thus became symbolic of the pessimistic demand for activity at all costs, though such activity was bound to be futile. People had to do something all the same. By being one-sided or by one-sidedly stressing the role of heredity, the fatalist can maintain that everything we are is predetermined in the inseminated ovum from which the organism develops, that the conditions of our life play hardly in any role or perhaps none at all. From this fatalistic principle, several practical conclusions are drawn. One can do nothing about inherited proclivities and diseases because no one can change his ancestors. This gloomy view of the world found its ultimate expression in the ideology of fascism, which exploited the idea of fate as a weapon of arc reactionary propaganda. The Sith belief of Islam is Qadar. Qadar also means fate or destiny. According to Muslims, when you came into this world, everything was programmed. You can't have anything to do with it. But even to them, they say that God still gives you a window, which is called free will. God gives you the power of choice. What all these things mean from a religious point of view is that even though things are predetermined, you also have a role to play. Although God brought you into this world and the Bible says that he knows your end from your beginning and I know the thoughts that I have, I think towards you, not to bring you to shame, but to bring you to an expected end. God is saying that I know your end, I know where I want to take you to, but you also have a role to play. You cannot sit down and expect things to unfold before your eyes. You can't sit in the vehicle of your life at the back. You can't sit at the back seat on the in the vehicle of your life. You have to take the wheels. You have to control the steer. Knowing that God is in you, you have to control the steer. Now, building up on this, which probably happened to be a confusing introduction, 
albeit. You have to come to a place where you know and understand that this God that you are following is almighty, omniscient, omnipotent, all-seeing, all-knowing, suffering. He ends a cycle, begins with you, but still allows you what is called the power of free will, the ability to make choices. Because if God is to sit somewhere and remotely control your actions, then God can never be justified to judge. He can judge you because nobody pushed you or forced you into it. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I am neither a judge. Actually, it's too big a work to do. So, I have never dreamt of becoming one. But there are certain things that if you go to the courtrooms, there are certain things that are done or said as evidence. A person can rebut it by saying that he gave that testimony under duress. Or he was forced into accepting that or signing that or saying that. And when that happens, it means that it denies or it revokes the authenticity of that testimony or evidence. Don't get sleepy. This is a PhD class. Now, understand this. Because God wouldn't want you to get anything to say that God, you know, I would have done right. But because I was remotely controlled or I wasn't in control of the situation, that is how come I didn't do that. God gave everybody what is called the power of free will. Whatever God has, he has it for everybody. He has it for people who believe in him. But whether you will assess it or not depends on you yourself. Destiny is what God has for his people. But it is one thing for a program to be there. It is another thing for people to really live up to the program. Let me say this. It is like, let me make it simpler. If a teacher has three students, and he says that, okay, you will have a first class. You will have second class. You have third class and you have GKD. You know GKD? GKDD. Pass. Pass. So, say four students. The teacher will say that because the teacher has knowledge. All of them. He knows that this one is very serious with his studies. Is an excellent student. This one is an average student. This one is somewhere there. This one is too playful. He's always in the club and pub and friends and so although he is intelligent he doesn't have time to study and because of that he will get a pass when the results comes and he obviously had a first class and he had a pass who is to blame is it the teacher or the student obviously not the teacher because the teacher just told them that where you are going you will end up by being a past jkd student whether you accept that or not is your call let me give you another example. If I'm, a, I'm teaching a class and I, I've already given the question as 2 plus 2 and I've brought the equal sign and I say put the answer. And I'm going as an invigilator and I'm watching my students. And I see that people are writing 2 plus 2 or 4. Oh, 4. Oh, 4. And somebody is somewhere, somewhere, probably because he did not sleep well, wrote 5. As he's invigilating, it is very easy for him to say it's 4. I mean, there are teachers, if you've ever been to an examination hall before, there are, there are invigilators who point and say, ah, but why were you sleeping? It's four, four. 
Now, when, when the invigilator is saying it's four, there are other students who can tell the invigilator that it's an exam. Why are you interfering with the exam? Wait, you only mark when it is done. Life is an exam. Although he is invigilating, God has so much power that he can cause you to change the marks at the back. But the power that he has given to you so that he can mark your test or your script at the end is what is called free will. Freedom of choice. Your ability to choose. Therefore, the Bible says the other day that Moses stood before them holding the tablets and said unto them, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Because whether you serve God or serve the graven image, the choice has always been yours. That brings me to what I'm starting today. Today is my introductory sermon, so I have to lay the foundation right. The landmines of destiny. That means that where God is taking you to, the choice is yours. If God has said he's going to bless you or lift you up or heal you or make you even the president of this republic, the choice is yours. Nobody can push you into becoming a president. Nobody can push you into becoming the chief justice. Nobody can push you into becoming the speaker of parliament. Nobody can push you into becoming the apostle, the pope, the bishop. Nobody can push you. The choice is yours. The Bible says, them that he predestined, them he called. And so there is a predestination and there is a calling. But the calling has to go through the refinery of justification. And you have to play a role. Because the justification is by faith through grace. It's by faith through grace. But the faith through grace is exhibited out of you. Faith through grace. Let us get the foundation right so that next week people won't struggle. Now because of that. This God has revealed himself to a prophet. Told him that I want to keep you as the only man that I want to use for this end time. Because I have had older prophets and they've all disappointed me. Before God spoke to this younger prophet, there was an older prophet. There was another man who has been used by God, who had been used by God, who was being used by God. And yet God rejected him, bypassed him. I've been telling people, there are so many people who are making noise and, and they are going about with titles and ropes and cassocks and so many things upon them, but God has rejected them. It's a sad thing for any preacher to say because um, the king Saul was still seen as king before the whole of Israel and yet God in the secret places had told the, king, the man, the prophet called Samuel that do not mind and do not cry over the life of Saul because I have rejected him. There are people who are being heralded or being hailed as kings and being applauded as kings and people in higher repute or higher status in the society and yet God has rejected them. It's a sad thing to be seen by men as somebody and yet being a reject of God. There is a place that no individual should pray to get to. It's to get to a place where people applaud you and yet God says, I know you not. The other day the Bible says that and Jesus said, many will come to me and say that we, in your name we prophesied, in your name we casted out devils. Jesus said that is nothing because when my name is mentioned, it is not about you, it's about me. And so I do things, but judgment is not about my name, judgment is about you. So you can use the name of Jesus to do things. When it's about judgment, it's not about the name, 
judgment is about you. The name has power. So the name will heal. The name will deliver. The name will bring people that are dead back into life. Jesus will always prove himself strong and as God. And so whenever any place, anywhere people will congregate, where the name of Jesus is mentioned, things will happen. That does not give you a ticket to heaven. The ticket to heaven is how well you live for Christ and how well you live as far as Christ is. It has nothing to do with the miracles that come out of you. So there are many people that are living walking in this world people that many might call prophets apostles oh pastors yes yes teachers evangelists bishops archbishops popes cardinals people that the society associate a certain level of piety to them and yet god is saying i might not know them god had rejected this older prophet and a younger man was lifted up May God lift new people. You see, anytime people are misbehaving, God finds a way to lift another breed of people. God had lifted a new man, a young man, placed this word in his mouth and said unto him that the people are doing evil in my sight. I want you to go there and tell them what they are doing and tell them that I'm not happy with them. The man of God went there and when the man of God had gone there, the Bible says that and he had opened his mouth and lifted up his voice and said unto them that God is not pleased with you. And the king trying to cover up and, and putting up a front said unto him that ah, you cannot come around us and say all these things. All these vain bubblings. We are not interested in it. We don't believe in what you are saying. We have a covenant with God. You cannot come to us and tell us what God wants. If God wants to speak to us, he will not send somebody from without. He will tell us himself he will speak to me himself he wouldn't need you he will use me to tell my people i am the king when i was anointed any king that is being anointed is anointed as a king a priest and a prophet i can play the three roles that you are here to play the first role that you are here to play is within my job description i can play that role too and so you don't have to come here to tell me what i ought to do i am also a prophet i am here also playing and performing my role and yet the bible says that this king lifted up his hands against the man that the lord god has anointed and the lord god has sent and because at that time he was obeying divine instruction the almighty king of that land the king that was strong and mighty who could just order for his execution the bible says that and when the king had lifted up his arms against him his hands dried up what it is supposed to tell you is that as long as you remain in divine will any hand that will be lifted up against you that hand will be dried up um, maybe let me take it again as long as you remain in what is called the divine will of god if you where you are happens to be where god wants you to be then any hand that will be lifted against you any hand that will be stretched out against you uh, the bible says that and that hand that was lifted against this man that hand dried up from today any hand that has been lifted against you any hand that has been stretched against you may god cause that hand to dry can i speak to somebody who believes in god maybe you are walking a walk that god has destined for your life and you are living a life that god has pre-programmed for your life and yet there are people who are trying to lift up their hands against you but by the blood of the lamb and the testimony of our word may any hand that has been lifted against you dry up it doesn't matter where the hand has been stretched it might be from a political arm 
but let that arm dry up wherever it is coming from it might be the tongues of men but the last time I checked the Bible says no weapon formed or fashioned against me shall prosper and any tongue that will rise against me in judgment my God will condemn it any tongue that has risen up against you may God condemn that tongue why but because you are walking in a place that God has destined for your life and because where you are it is just God that has programmed you to walk there there is nothing that the enemy can do about it any hand that has been lifted I made that hand dry up any mouth that has been lifted may that mouth be shut anything that has been lifted against you I came to say that who art thou O great mountains before Zerubbabel you shall be a plane any mountain that the enemy is lifting against you may God cause mountains to be leveled anything that the devil is bringing around you we serve a God that is able to call things that are not in existence as though they were and because he's the only one that is able to do that may what he has said come to pass I don't know whether I have a witness in the house but may what God has said about you come to pass may divine destiny play out may where God is saying he's taking you to let nothing be able to hinder you and they can come against you but when they come against you in one way but by several other ways may they flee from before you the last time I checked the righteous can fall seven times and yet seven times you shall rise again may God give you the ability to bounce back may God give you the grace to rise up may God give you the unction to mount up the Bible says the young men shall grow weary and they shall eternally fall but those that wait upon the Lord they shall mount up with wings like that of the eagle they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint I still don't know whether I have my witness yet but in case my witness is not alive here let me shout a few words again what God has said about you there is no demon in hell there is no power underneath there is no power in the heavens that can overrule what God has said he will do forever oh God thy word is settled I don't know whether I still have my witness but before you came here today God has pre-programmed something your destiny is not an accident you are not a product of chance God has your destiny intact and whatever he is saying is about to do he is expecting you to embrace it and if only you will do that there is nothing that a devil can do all that you have to do is to place your hand in the palm of God and say that God guide me oh thou great Jehovah I'm a pilgrim through this barren land I am weak but thou art mighty if you thank you for listening to destiny word by dr. Michael Bwedinyamiche we believe you have been impacted to fulfill your purpose for more transformative and uplifting teachings from dr. Yamiche Kindly join us at the Maker's House Chapel International Destiny Arena, adjacent the School of Nuclear and Allied Sciences. Join any of our services, Sunday Word from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., teaching service on Wednesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m., 
and our flagship program, Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. You can also be part of our online services, Command Your Morning, every weekday from 4.45 a.m. to 6 a.m. and power up your week every Sunday from 11.30 p.m. to 12.30 p.m. on our social media platforms. For more information about our ministry, you can reach out to us on 020-004-7488 or 026-681-3275. Additionally, visit our website at www.themakershouse.org. God bless you abundantly as you journey towards your destiny with courage and faith. Destiny Word. Be empowered to take territories and fulfill destinies.